Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports Podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues, world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, vacation type home. Now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. We are getting to the end of June down here in Tampa where it is hot as hell. Down here, just cut my dad's grass at his house tonight and it was blazing hot at about 6 o'clock at night still. But nothing like a good sweat when you get to cut your dad's grass after about 30 years it's been about 30 years since I've cut his grass from back in the day when I was a uh, teenager dad's struggling a little bit he's got a little COVID going on so trying to help him out hopefully he is going to get better here real soon as well as my stepmom Fran she's also got a little COVID as well so get well soon this is going to be a potpourri edition of the podcast this week We are going to hit on a variety of topics from the Stanley Cup, NBA Finals, Live Golf, little NFL. Got a little college, uh, big commitment on the college uh, level to report, and even a little NBA draft. So let's get right to it. First off, I got a little professional news that I might be getting ready to report next week. I got a little professional opportunity that I think could have some uh, legs in the broadcasting world. So looking forward to seeing how that unfolds here in the next week or so. So hopefully I'll get to announce it on the next podcast, but I think it's something that could be a good, good opportunity. So I'll leave that for later on down the road, probably by the absolute latest, probably by the 4th of July we'll know, but I should know here in the next week or two about some uh, upcoming professional broadcasting opportunities. So, All right, let's get right to it. 
Congratulations, Golden State Warriors. Beat the Celtics four games to two. Win in Boston in game six. Steph Curry finally gets his MVP. His fourth title with the Warriors. Great job by the Warriors to win that series on the road. Not many people thought they would go to Boston and win game six. Tremendous game by Draymond Green in game six. Played much better later in that series than he did early. Really good game five and game six is for Draymond. Curry was fantastic throughout the series. Well-deserved MVP. Andrew Wiggins was probably the unsung hero of that team with his scoring and his defensive prowess for the Celtics. Jason Tatum really struggled the last couple of games, three, four games in that series. Was very inefficient. Did not look like he was quite ready for prime time. Threw up a lot of air balls. Just did not play very well the last uh, probably four games of that series. Jalen Brown played pretty well for the Celtics. Um, Horford was not a non-factor. Marcus Smart was not much of a factor there late in that series. But fourth title in, I think it's eight years for the Warriors. So good for them. They're very much positioned to be a factor here moving forward. Clay's going to be better next year. Another offseason removed from his injuries. I know he's getting older, but Clay, Steph, you still got Draymond, you got Kaminga, you got Poole, you got Moody. So you got some young guys coming up. And then uh, Andrew Wiggins, we'll be interested to see what happens with Wiggins. Potentially could be a guy as a free agent. We'll see what happens there. But very interesting. Uh, but full, full credit and full congrats to the Warriors for their fourth title in eight years. Kyrie Irving, decision time coming for Kyrie here in the next week or so, whether he's going to opt in for one more year in New, in Brooklyn, one more year at like $40 million bucks or $45 million, bucks, or he could opt out and potentially become a free agent. If you are the Nets, you are on crack, heroin, and whatever drug else is the most creates the most delusion if you give that guy more than a one- or two-year deal. There is no way in the world I'm giving Kyrie Irving five years and $250 million based on his history. He is a cancer. He is a team obliterator. He is not uh, committed to the cause as far as truly wanting to be to win a championship. He wants to play when it's convenient for him to play. And if any team in this league gives that guy a five-year, 250 extension, they are crazy. Um there are rumors and speculation. The Clippers, the Lakers, the Knicks might be interested. Um, you know, be very interesting to see what happens with Kyrie Irving. If I'm Kyrie Irving, if you want to get paid, you you opt in one more year with Durant. Um, hopefully Ben Simmons gets his act together, can get back on the court and be semi-productive, and you run it back one more time if you're Kyrie Irving. But if you think Kyrie Irving, you're getting five years and 250 from somebody, you are on crack. And, uh, and if somebody gives him that money, they should be terminated immediately in that league because that is just an absolute waste. And if I'm Durant, if uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, I they probably they better have already had a, a serious sit-down talk about moving forward because if you're Kevin Durant, you can't waste many more years fumbling around waiting for Kyrie Irving to see if this guy's going to be a factor or not for you and is going to be committed to the cause. If he opts in, there better be a massive sit-down with that guy, and, and he better lay the law down, or he better tell uh, New Jer- Brooklyn to get him the hell out of Brooklyn if they're going to, if they're going to tie their uh, future to Kyrie Irving as well. So critical offseason of Kevin Durant and company. 
Durant would be able to easily draw another wheel to Brooklyn to be a number two with him if Kyrie Irving leaves. I think it's the best thing if Kyrie Irving gets out of Brooklyn. You know, again, if you're the Knicks, you are crazy if you give that guy a bunch of money. Uh, maybe, maybe a one-year deal with the Lakers, with LeBron, being that there's some history there with LeBron. I wouldn't take him if I'm the Clippers. That is, again, he is a cancer in that locker room. He's proven it in multiple stops, Cleveland, Boston, and now Brooklyn. Um, but we'll see what happens with Kyrie. We'll probably have a decision with by with Kyrie here in the next five to six days, early next week. So there's your NBA talk. NBA draft is going on as we speak, as I'm taping this uh, podcast. Paolo Bancaro goes to Orlando, number one overall. A little bit of a surprise. That was kind of a late change. Most people thought Jabari Smith was going to Orlando. Jabari ends up going to Houston at number three. Holmgren goes to Oklahoma City at number two. So uh, not very impressed with the coverage on ESPN and ABC. Not very, to me, not, not done a very good job with the coverage. I know it's hard to do a draft coverage at all with so many players. But just not been very impressed with the ESPN coverage, especially Nagandi, Kendrick Perkins, you know, just giving out wrong information, just not really adding much to the broadcast. Jay Billis, to me, is the best guy on there. You know, Stephen A's a little lost. He don't know any of these. He knows very few of these guys. You know, I don't know what he's doing on there. He's not offering much. But uh, not very impressed with the coverage that I've watched here tonight as far as the broadcasting side of it for ESPN. So, all right. Stanley Cup Hockey, Game 4 is in the books. Colorado up three games to one over the Tampa Bay Lightning down here. A controversial finish in Tampa last night in overtime in Game 4. The question is, was there too many men on the ice in the overtime? Colorado scores. Kadri, Nazim Kadri, comes off the bench as the sixth man. There's uh, there's video, there's, there's pictures. You see six men on the ice. Kadri's the sixth guy that comes off the bench. He immediately receives the, a pass along the blue line and goes in and scores against Vasilevsky in overtime. You know, um, a play that's not reviewable by the NHL, which I don't understand that. To me, you know, I, and there's all kind of talk about, well, you don't call six men on the ice very often and all that stuff. When the sixth man who comes straight off the bench is the guy that ta- receives the pass and scores within a three-second period, yeah, and, and there's any kind of controversy, you have to have it at least to be reviewable. Again, had the had the lightning cleared the zone and it had been a seven eight second build up to score, not necessarily a big deal. But when he when he comes off the bench and he is the sixth guy, while Nathan McKinnon is is struggling to get off the ice and he scores immediately three seconds after he's on the ice, you have to have that as a reviewable opportunity if you're the NHL, especially in overtime. To me, every overtime goal should be reviewed. By the, uh, the 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 league office in Toronto, um, not you shouldn't have you shouldn't be able to review it for physical penalties, i.e., slashing, hooking, things like that. But procedural things like too many men on the ice, goalie interference, things like that are things that absolutely should be able to be reviewed, especially in an overtime of the playoffs. That has to be something that you don't be surprised if they change that rule to where that part of the, that component can be reviewed. NFL, you can review whether there's 12 men on the field. College, the same way. You could overturn a touchdown in the NFL or college with 12 men being on the field. 
again, I, I do not think, again, you saw earlier in the series, there was a reviewable uh, situation with an offside call that a goal was taken away from Colorado because they were offsides. Procedural type things like that that are not physically physical contact related should absolutely be reviewed, and every goal in overtime should be reviewed by the league office and and or the coach should have the ability to challenge. So down on the NHL for not allowing that to happen again. Debatable whether it's whether it's six men on the ice, you can argue both ways. But to me, since he is the guy that's coming off the bench as the sixth man, and he immediately is the guy that gets the puck and scores, I think that's where an advantage is gained. If he wasn't involved in the play at all and it's controversial whether he's on the ice or not, I have no problem with the goal standing. But with that guy being the guy immediately involved, a clear advantage was gained potentially by him coming on the ice early or McKinnon getting off the ice late. So down on the NHL for not having that as a reviewable offense. Game five in Colorado Friday night. Very tough road to hoe if you're the, if you're the Lightning. you got, you got to win game five, six, and seven with five and seven in Denver. I don't like the Lightning's chances. It would not shock me if they won tomorrow night, though, to force a game six. The heart of a champion, but again, third consecutive Stanley Cup final, back-to-back champions going for the three-peat. Um, you know, so it'd be very, it would not shock me if the Lightning get to a game six back in Tampa on Sunday night. Um, I just have a hard time believing they can win three in a row, especially with two of those games being in Denver. But it wouldn't shock me at all if they got to a game seven early next week. Uh, but again, controversial finish last night. Uh, interesting to know what you guys thought out there as well. Remember, you can if you got any comments, love to hear from you at JPO Sports on Twitter. Again, you can find the podcast. Or tell your friends about us. Love to have some subs- more subscribers, more listens. Subscribe, rate, and review. Google, Apple, Stitcher, all the different podcast platforms you can find us, uh, and all that stuff. All right. Arch Manning, college football news. The nephew of Peyton and Eli, the the son of Cooper Manning, one of the the you know the hot most highly recruited uh, touted player here in the last year and a half or so. If you follow follow college recruiting. Arch Manning, the quarterback, is going to is has committed to Texas with Steve Sarkeesian. Be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, Arch made that announcement, early, uh, you know, Thursday of this week that he's going to go to. He's committed to Texas. Obviously, Sarkeesian has a lot of uh, NFL, college football quarterback lineage. Being at Alabama, he was a former quarterback himself at BYU. Very good play caller. Very good play designer. So be interesting to see Arch Manning heading to Texas. Won't be this coming up fall. It'll be the uh, the fall after in 23. Um, he will be probably the guy that breaks the bank when it comes to NIL. You, you talk about a guy that'll make a ton of money with these NILs. Arch Manning will be the guy. You can be assured he'll be in the multi-million dollars a year NIL deals at Texas with as much money as there is in Texas. With those boosters and that economy and that state, Arch Manning will break the bank when it comes to NIL. But Arch Manning heading to Texas... Uh, to play for Steve Sarkeesian. Remember, Archie was was an Ole Miss guy. Eli went to Ole Miss. Cooper went to Ole Miss as well before he hurt his. He played at Ole Miss before he hurt his neck, and obviously Peyton went to Tennessee. So everybody wanted Arch. Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Texas with Steve Sarkeesian reels in Arch Manning. So uh, interesting uh, college football tidbit there. So. 
NFL. Let's do before we get to the NFL. Let's do a let's do a golf note. Brooks Kepka has now defected to the Live Tour as well. He's the latest big name to head to, to head to Live. Their first tournament is in Portland, Oregon next weekend, end of the month. They'll have four tournaments, I believe, in the United States here in the next uh, you know six eight weeks. So Kepka goes to Live Golf. We don't know what the number is, but I can promise you. It's probably close to $100 million, if not north of $100 million, to get Kepka. Kepka's brother also plays on the tour, so I'm sure that had a little bit of influence as well. Um, very interesting to see. You've seen the PGA Tour has come out with some new uh, payout models, some new tournament formats. be very interesting to see how this, how this unfolds the, next, the rest of this year, heading into next year. We've not heard yet from the Masters about what they're going to do with the live players. The British Open is going to allow the live players to play as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, with the Masters as well as with the Ryder Cup. Is if the Ryder Cup will allow these guys to potentially uh, be chosen to play. So, But Kepka is the latest name to go. There will be some more names as we move through the summer. You can bet on that. So interesting to see how we go there. NFL notes. Two notes I want to hit before we get out of here. Rob Gronkowski has announced his retirement for a second time. Uh, interesting to see what happens there. Um, my my premonition, my guess is going to be, don't be surprised if you see Gronk back in a Buccaneer uniform week six, week seven of the NFL season. I think Gronk just wants a little more time. I think he's not ready because, remember, training camp starts here in about five weeks at the end of July Gronk's just probably in a situation where he's not ready to go yet. But don't be surprised if you see Rob Gronkowski, especially if the Bucks are in contention, that uh, which they will be, if about week seven or week eight, you see uh, some itching about Rob Gronkowski wanting to come out of retirement to play eight or ten games for the Buccaneers in, in a playoff run. Uh, all signs point to this being Tom Brady's last year, no matter what. So don't be surprised if uh, you see Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement. If he doesn't come out of retirement, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's definitely a top three tight end of all time. You could argue Gronkowski. You could argue Kellen Winslow. But as far as for my money, from from a blocking perspective and a pass catching perspective, uh, and winning winning all the Super Bowls that he's won, to me he's one or he's one in my book at worst two. Um, again. He is a complete tight end as opposed to some of these other guys that are that are great pass catchers and have a lot of championships but didn't really do a whole lot in the running game. Gronkowski was a dominant run blocker in, in, the, in the running game, and he was obviously a dominant pass catcher. You got Shannon Sharp, Gonzalez, Gates, tremendous. You got Travis Kelsey nowadays. But most of those guys were pure, not pure, but dominant pass catchers, not very good in the run game, where Gronkowski – to his credit, was willing to do that and was tremendous at it. So if Gronkowski retires, good for him. He's made a ton of money. He'll make a ton of more ton more money either in broadcasting or off the field coming up in the years to come. But it would not shock me if you see Rob Gronkowski back in a Buccaneer uniform early November, about week eight, week nine, something like that for the stretch drive for the Buccaneers. So keep your head. Remember, Tom Brady retired for 40 days. Don't be surprised if Rob Gronkowski wants to beat him by one and retire for 41 days. So you never know; it might be something like that because you know he's just that kind of guy. And don't be, don't be, don't think Tom Brady won't make some additional phone calls as we get closer, as we get into the season to, to Gronkowski, especially if the Bucks are struggling 
offensively or if they're struggling at the tight end position. Remember, the Bucks got rid of O.J. Howard. They only have Cam Brait. They drafted a couple tight ends in the draft, a kid they really like out of Washington, Kate Otten. But again, if the Bucks are struggling at that position for production, don't be surprised if old Tommy Boy calls Gronk out of retirement about midseason for the stretch drive. Um, Deshaun Watson has settled 20 out of 24 uh, civil lawsuits. Non-disclosure agreements with 20. There are still four pending. Four, four of the women did not settle. So to me, what is the NFL waiting on? There's 24 cases. Four haven't settled. Don't Mark my words. This is going to be a July 2nd, July 3rd news dump if the, if the NFL decides to suspend him and they need to do so. To me, he's going to get suspended for a minimum of one year. I would suspend him for a year and a half, i.e. 25 games. One, because it's it's the volume of cases that are involved here. And two, is because the Browns, who pissed off everybody in the league with the way they structured that contract, both in the amount of money they're paying him this year, which is $1 million, which if he suspended this coming up a year, that would be the that would be the technically the dollars he would lose. And two, that they guaranteed him $231 million. Uh, I think the NFL is going to stick it to the Cleveland Browns a little bit here, and I think he's going to get more than a year personally. Minimum one-year suspension, but I'd like to see the league give him a year-and-a-half suspension, 25 games. If he negotiates it down to 23, 22, something like that, I could, you know, whatever. But I think he should get more than a year because I think they should really punish him more in his pocketbook than a $1 million salary this year, which, remember, folks, he got paid $30 million last year not to play. He wasn't placed on the commissioner's list, i.e. not paid. He was paid $30 million last year by the Houston Texans and was basically inactive every week of the year during this investigation. So you cannot allow that guy to only lose a million bucks. I know the, you know, you need to really hammer it home to Deshaun Watson as well as to everybody else in that league who may potentially be involved in some other stuff. Daniel Snyder, Roger Goodell. Goodell uh, testified in front of Congress this week about Snyder and the whole Washington commander situation. Snyder's refusing to testify. He is going to be subpoenaed and have to testify. So keep an eye out on that here in the next week or two. You'll see Daniel Snyder in front of Congress having to answer questions about his behavior with the with the with the commanders, all that all the garbage with that. That's a train wreck. Uh, Goodell uh, being asked about was he going to take the franchise away. It's not his ability to do that personally, but he can propose that to a vote. 24 owners have to agree to that for him to be booted out as an owner. Who knows what will happen? I doubt that will happen, but you never know. Uh, last thing I want to say, Tony Siragusa passed away unexpectedly. Remember Goose from the Ravens, defensive tackle, 55 years old, passed away in his sleep. And the Ravens on the same day, which is just crazy, Lost one of their current players, Jalen Ferguson, was found dead in his home in Baltimore. You know, hopefully it wasn't a suicide. Hopefully there was just maybe a medical issue that just happened, popped up. Hopefully, again, hopefully it was not a suicide uh, situation. Doesn't sound like there was any foul play. Uh, But two deaths for the Ravens on the same day, which is crazy. Former Ravens, Siragusa, with that great defense in 2000 with Lewis and company. Uh, Siragusa was a Big component of that defense. Had a very good broadcasting career for Fox. Sideline guy for Fox. 
for a dozen years. And Jalen Ferguson, third or fourth year player, uh, defensive end, linebacker, passes away for the Ravens as well. So sad news out of Baltimore on both fronts. Keep the family in your thoughts as well. So there you have it. Again, might have some professional broadcasting news coming next week. We should know something hopefully here in the next week to 10 days. Hopefully I'll have something to announce to you on the next podcast. Appreciate you listening. Again, tell your tell your folks, tell your friends, tell, tell your sports colleagues about us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, remember, Powers on Sports Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Find us on Twitter at Sports. Let's go Lightning. Let's, let's at least force a Game 6. It would get interesting if there was a Game 6, I can tell you that. Because with the pedigree of the Lightning, if they got to a Game 6, I would, I would almost bet the house they win a Game 6 to force a Game 7. So have a great week, folks. Stay healthy. Put some sunscreen on if you're going out to the beach. Staying outside because it's blazing hot down here. That is for sure. And we'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcast. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. Have a great week.